play video games. Fortnite. Overwatch. Minecraft. Cool math games. Schoolwork. Watching movies. Watching TV. Mickey Mouse cartoons. Peppa Pig. Social media. FaceTiming. YouTube. Welcome to the Techno Panic Podcast. Living and learning in the age of screen time. Here's your host, Kristen Turner, and her friend, Ian O'Byrne. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Techno Panic Podcast, where we talk about all things living and learning in an age of screen time. I'm Kristen Turner, here with my co-host, Ian O'Byrne. And today we're going to talk about privacy, security, and what happens when your child gets a random message from a stranger. Ian, I think you had something happen in your house this week that, to get us started on this conversation. Absolutely. So in my, in my house, I allow my kids to use a lot of digital tools and interact in a lot of digital spaces. And one thing that was interesting slash concerning to me is uh, my son basically pulled out his device, one of his devices. He has a a tablet, an e-reader, and he showed me a text message, a Google Hangout message that he received from some random person. Um, This person is is known as Candy Stahl. Um, There's a picture of a, a young woman in her room. And then the the text of the message basically says, hello, my name is Candy from the site. How are you? I hope you like some of my photos. I would like to know more about you. Anyway, you can send me a picture of you too, so I will know whom I am talking to. So this texting tool, uh, Google Hangouts, it's basically I have uh, an account with him or a connection with him and his mother. So we will text back and forth. He'll send us pictures or videos and look at how he uses animated GIFs um, or shares memes with us somehow strangely very well. But it sort of concerned us uh, as to who was this. So he basically showed me and said, I don't know who this is. I don't know if it's from a video game or from a site because they say a site. So I struggled with what to say. What would you say? How would you approach this if your child came to you and showed you this message from a stranger? That's a really important question, and I want to come back to that in one second. But first, I want to point out some things that you mentioned in your story that I think are important for us to unpack. First of all, your son is eight, and you say that you let him use these tools. So can you talk for a minute about what the purpose of the tool is for him and why you allow these tools for your eight-year-old? Absolutely. My son is a, he plays video games online. As part of that, we have a number of security, you know, lockdowns and settings so that he can't talk to strangers. For this, I set up a Google Hangout for him. He has a Google a Gmail account that I've set up um, that no one knows of its existence. He also has a YouTube channel associated with it. All of the videos are unlisted or private. The purpose is that he basically indicated that he wanted to be a YouTube star, you know, in in first grade, and he wants to create and share content. So my thinking was that I could help him explore and play and try out these tools and see what they can and cannot do and protect him and create a private, safe, secure space where he could be safe as he explores how to build a website or build a YouTube channel or engage with these digital texts. So even though I thought that he could do this privately, securely and safely, whereas my wife and I, we would message him, um, all of a sudden this other stranger sent a message. 
So, and that's the crux of the parenting problem right now that with all good intentions and the intention to protect your son in these digital spaces, something happened that you weren't expecting. So now back to the question you asked me, how would I have responded in that situation? I think my first response to my children would have been, thank you so much for sharing this with me. Because I think that move right there is a really important one that your son felt comfortable enough, but also that it was important enough that he let you know, this is not normal. I'm not feeling good about this. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. And there is some research that shows that teenagers are not as good about sharing that with their parents. Actually, the National Cybersecurity Alliance uh, has done a study. uh, It's a couple years old now, but some of the key findings are that uh, teens do experience privacy violations, cyberbullying, all kinds of things that can happen on the internet quite a bit, but they don't actually tell their parents about them. So when I'm thinking about your son getting a little bit older, I'm wondering whether the fact that you're having these conversations with him right now are going to help those conversations down the road when he's a teenager and sharing some of the other things that could happen. So again, my first response would be, thank you so much for sharing this with me. Then I think I would have to have some really important conversations with my children about what could have happened in this situation. So why don't we just tease that out a little bit? You weren't expecting somebody else to ever find your son or to be able to message your son. So how did that happen? What might have happened? I've been trying to make sense of how it happened. You know, I've gone back to uh, his website that we've created and the email address. So for a Google Hangout, you need the email address to send a message to someone out. His email is not on there. Uh, His email address is nowhere online that I know of. Uh, I've been searching and I can set up Google alerts to see if it's popping up. I wonder if there is a, uh, if he signed up for a game you know, or sign up for an app on his tablet that used that account somehow. The settings for that tablet are set up so that I get notifications and he is not allowed to, but I get notifications if he basically tries to click in and, and sign up for something. But still, I need to go back. So I'm still trying to figure out how this happened. But in terms of like gaming this out and figuring out what really could happen, the first thing that I did is I, as you suggested, I said, thank you for sharing this with me. I want to know more. Please please send me the actual message. So he took a screenshot and sent it to me. So I have access to it. So I have that, uh, that I can always go back to. I asked, did you respond to this in any way? Uh, He did not. I can see the history. So I know that he did not respond back. And then in the app itself, in the Hangout, I deleted it and blocked the account. From there, I talked to him a little bit about what potentially could happen. And so I said that, you know, keep in mind, I was very, very nervous, you know, and had to have a little gut reality check. You know, my wife didn't even want to talk about it with him. But I basically said, okay, you didn't respond back, so that's good. I said, most times what happens is this is a bot or it's just some, you know, automated machine or something is out there looking to connect with people. And so what will happen is you'll click on a link and then you have some sort of malware virus, stuff like that. If you respond or click on a link, then you're obviously putting your, you're a little bit more vulnerable, but because you did not click on a link, you didn't respond. I'm a little bit less concerned. I'm still very concerned, but then beyond a bot or malware link and stuff like that, then your concerns are about, okay, do they know where you are? 
physically. You know, in my classes, I tell my students not to put their address or phone number online. Um, I searched his, his, you know, this email is not related to anything else online. Uh, but then you do have concerns about someone finding him, you know, and someone, you know, trying to uh, lure him out, uh, some sort of like a, a predatory individual that's trying to lure him out to learn more about him. You know, it makes me think about uh, the uh, Sony Livingstone and others, you know, as part of the, the EU Kids Online study, they were asking children what bothers them online. And it's pretty much the same age group as Jack's. They're talking to, to children that are 9, 10, 11 years of age. And it's a lot of the same concerns. You know, you have students that say, when strangers message me on the internet, and I click on a link and a sex site pops open, or, you know, someone messages me online, they try to learn more about me or, or speak nasty things to me, or as your brother indicated in the past, sort of like uh, share bad words or bad information uh, or be salty. So I, I think if we really game it out, you know, I, my number one concern is, did you respond? Did you engage with this? Um, is there a way to block this? But then also doing my due diligence to see is this information else is it out there uh, in other forms so that someone if this is a real person and they do have bad intent that i can sort of figure out where they're coming from and then last but not, not least you know having that discussion with my son with my child to figure out okay what happens what are our concerns you know and making sure that i don't I, I let him know how concerned I am, but not frightening him and really getting him more worried, which I think he was at the end. I think he was very upset and, and concerned that someone knows where he lives and is looking for him. So it sounds like you had a little bit of techno panic in your house surrounding all of this. And I'm wondering whether he will be engaging in device use and, and using some of these digital tools moving forward. Yeah, I'm wondering if he will be more thoughtful. You know, as I said before, I want him, I want my two children, I want my students to get out there online and explore and play and build and connect. But we also need to be aware that there are bad actors out there and how can you protect yourself? Um, and so I think part of it is a little bit of, is a lot of dialogue with, your, with my child to know what they're doing and what pops up because these things, even though I thought he was protected, these things can and will pop up. And I, as someone who studies this stuff probably a little bit too much, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Um, my wife, um, she didn't know what to say or do and said, okay, you're the technology person. You talk to him about this. And so we been a couple days of us trying to figure out in our house what to do with this. But I think, you know, dialogue is one of the key components. I don't I'm hoping, I'm interested to see what he thinks about this in the future. I'm interested to see if this affects his future practices. You know, if he's a little bit more concerned about sharing stuff online and, and building and creating and engaging online, given this, or is he more thoughtful? And is it going to affect the rules that you lay down? Are you going to limit him in any way because of this? I think I'm going to, uh, on, on one level, I'm going to be more vigilant in terms of what he's doing on the tablet and seeing what he does with the, you know, with Hangouts in particular. I don't know if it's a reason to shut down Hangouts. I think it's, you know, looking at the monitoring that's happening with the device and, and what's happening with the app. So I regularly, more regularly look at what communications coming back and forth. My comfort, my lone bit of solace is that he immediately brought this to me. 
uh, and didn't respond. He's pretty thoughtful about that. I know that there's many kids that would not do that. And so that also concerns me. So I, I, I'm as yet undecided as to what my future, you know, what changes will have. I think I'll be a little bit more vigilant um, and a little bit more thoughtful um, because there are very serious, very bad things that could happen. And hopefully this is a learning opportunity for the two of us to figure out what would we do in the future. And it sounds like it's a great learning opportunity again, to minimize the techno panic as well. So not just pulling everything because this happened, but thinking through what happened, why it might've happened, having that conversation with your son so that he is aware of all the possibilities of what might have happened, allows you to kind of take a step back, reflect, hopefully he will do some reflection, but I actually really appreciate the fact that you didn't just shut it all down because I do see a lot of that happening when, uh, particularly in schools, when kids make a mistake or when somebody infiltrates something from outside of the school, the response seems to be, oh, we have to shut it all down. We have to keep our kids safe. But maybe keeping our kids safe is actually letting them have these stumbles early on in a way that allows us to talk with them. I do want to point out that the vigilance that you're talking about requires more time for parents, more um, oversight for parents. And I struggle with that. You know, I, I know that I want to look at everything my kids are doing on their devices. Uh, I'm beginning to trust them more with their devices without seeing everything that they're doing and kind of checking in later. Uh, and I'm wondering how we manage that as parents because we're all busy and, and we have our own lives and our own digital uh, spaces that we need to monitor to also be monitoring everything our kids are doing is kind of tough. So do you have any suggestions for me and other parents about how we can do that without being overwhelmed by it? Yes, I agree that, you know, this, you know, immediately deleting and removing everything would be, to me, is not the right path. So one is, I think it's, it's, as you suggested, that vigilance takes time and it takes dialogue and discussion. I think that it also requires a, a, an audit of the different tools and spaces and apps that he is using. I think that as adults, we should all regularly audit those spaces and figure out what value they give us and then what are our passwords and how secure we are there. So I think there is a, you know, and we can talk in, up, in upcoming episodes about how do you conduct that audit? How do you sort of make sense of the spaces and the tools and the apps and the logins that you use? You know, simple stuff like a social sign-on. You know, I can sign on and use an app if I use my Facebook account or my Google account or my Twitter account. All of that is making you a little bit more vulnerable at the, and, and you know, to make it easier to log in, but you're making yourself more vulnerable. So I think it's going back through, you know, one, first, the most important thing for me is the dialogue, having that communication network open, but then at the same time, going back through and auditing and figuring out, okay, what are you doing in this app, in this space, in this tool? What are these different de de devices and spaces and tools that you're using? And how can we harden those spaces so that we can be a little bit more protected? So you said that you, uh, with your kids, you've been a little bit, you've been, you've backed up a little bit and trusted them a little bit more. Does, does my story give you some concern? Uh, well, I think what it's making me think about are these two moves that you just recommended, the first being dialogue, which I feel like we do have, but maybe I need to revisit with some of 
these other potential pitfalls of using digital devices. Um, but I really like the idea of the digital audit uh, and the idea of sitting down with my kids and saying, hey, we haven't done this for a while. What are you using? I know you've asked permission to get a couple of apps. Let's kind of clean up your devices. And has anything like this ever happened to you? So turning that digital audit back to the dialogue so that I can think with them about the possibilities of danger and privacy issues and everything else that has come up in this uh, conversation, things that they really need to know if they're going to be digital users. Absolutely. I think we can all do it. We should all do it. You know, what apps are you using? What are your passwords? Uh, how do you connect to these spaces? Why do you use these spaces? Why do you use these tools? Things that you don't use anymore or need, let's get rid of them. Let's close out accounts. Be uh, a more thoughtful, intentional user of these tools. Hopefully this uh, provides some insight into some of the challenges that might occur. Hopefully this provides insight to parents to think about how they might avoid that techno panic and be more thoughtful about keeping dialogue open, but not immediately shutting down the tools and the spaces and the devices. Thanks for sharing your story today, Ian, and I look forward to talking with you next time. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Now I can get back to playing video games. Techno Pilot!